Broadcasting from the Vegas Video Network Studios, just steps from the Las Vegas Strip, it's Awkward Silence 2.1. And now, our favorite host in this particular time spot, it's Brandon Gooch Han. I'm Brandon Guchan, host of Awkward Silence 2.1. Thank you for tuning in and watching us right here on the VegasVideoNetwork.com. We have email set up, awkward at VegasVideoNetwork.com. That's awkward at VegasVideoNetwork.com. We got a little telephone number that you could call, 866-966-4599, 866-966-4599. And most importantly, we have live chat set up, live chat, VegasVideoNetwork.com forward slash live. That's a beautiful thing because you get to ask questions that we, myself, and our guests get to answer right in the middle of the show. So you want to be a part of the show? Live chat, Boots. And let's not forget, say you want to see a replay of the show, you could do it for free. We got them on YouTube, VegasVideoNetwork.com, Roku, and iTunes. Woo! Woo! Now that we got that, that jargon out of the way, I think it's time for the seamless segue to camera number two. Yeah. So a new internet video has been sweeping the nation. It's setting the internet abuzz, featuring a mother cheering on her daughters at a cheer competition. Let's take a look. Miss a step and I will murder you in your sleep. No more wire hangers. Hey, Jacob, play clip number two and show that swagger. I used to think there was nothing worse than being the guy at the ball game. You guys ready? But apparently I was wrong. Get funky? What do you think you are, Bootsy Collins? You need to get some prescription drugs now. Well, we play the last clip, and I want everybody to focus on the last two seconds of the entire video. All right, give it up. Those are the Hawks from Archbishop Hannon. All right, please, ladies and gentlemen, we have a missing child. A missing child report right after that chaos? <laughs> The only missing kids are going to be her kids as they're leaving that building searching for refuge. Oh, my Lord. So, traffic sucks. Can't find a parking spot. You walk into a Walmart. All you want to do is buy some pizza and some batteries, but it takes you two hours to check out. And you can't enjoy any of the music at any of your favorite restaurants that you frequent. It must be Christmas time! Yeah! Suck it, Jews! 
Uh, so a report coming to us out of Michigan features a teacher, a first and second grade music teacher, who decided to replace the word gay with bright in the song Deck the Halls. Yeah, you know how it used to go, now we don our gay apparel. Well, now it's now we don our bright apparel. Okay, replacing the word gay with bright doesn't make that song any less gay. In fact, it actually amplifies its gayness because everyone's going to go, wait a minute, it's gay apparel. What, isn't it gay apparel? I want this song more gay. And the thing is, the funny thing is that song was written in 1801, which means gay means something totally different today than it did back in those days. Back in those days, gay meant fun and festive. Now, I can understand if the... Word gay in the song meant what it does today, you know, meant what it does today. You know, now we don our guy-on-guy, girl-on-girl, tip-touching, clam-bumping apparel. But no, it's not. Let's be festive. And finally, a new diary has surfaced, written by Lindsay Lohan, where she chronicles her relationship, her romance, in fact, that she had with Heath Ledger right around the time of his death. And in related news, Heath Ledger's accidental death has now been ruled a suicide. And in Vegas news, the rodeo is coming to an end. So we sent our very own Courtney Leone down to the Thomas and Mack Center to cover all the action. Hey, Court. Ah. <laughs> Peggy Gooch, I'm down here outside the Thomas and Mack Center, and I am only too glad to say goodbye to the oversized belt buckles, undersized wranglers, dip cups, double wide trailers. Get out of my city, you cousin fuckers. What did they ever do to you? Yeah! There it is. Um, let's see, what did they ever do to me? I don't know. As you are well aware, I get paid nothing to do this, so I need to resort to the cheapest beer possible to drown my sorrows in. Imagine my dismay when I go to the bar. And what? No Milwaukee's best? No Pabst Blue Ribbon? And why? Why? Oh, I don't know. Because that's what these shit-kicking tourists enjoy instead of a good beer with merit and taste. Well, don't you realize how much money they bring to Sin City? I mean, we're talking millions. I don't see that money. I don't reap those benefits. All that does is provide a bigger budget for the I-15 project. Oh, great, more traffic jams. There's nothing that I can't wait for more than to have no more third-rate country music stars on every single billboard while I'm sitting in bumper-to-bumper bumper traffic. I can talk. You sound, you sound negative. Yeah, it's getting me a little worked up. It is. But you know what? I'm really just grateful because I am so glad so glad that I'm not part of that trailer trash abomination. You know what? If I lived in their cities, I would be named homecoming queen due to the lack of webbed feet and fetal alcohol syndrome. Courtney Leone, everyone. I really hope that didn't hurt my chances of having sex with a hot cowboy. I got friends in low places, and it's called the Thomas and Mack Center. It sure did. We're going to be back with just a little bit with our headliner. But for now, a station ID. Traditional media believes that after about three minutes, you'll tune out. Most Vegas media companies think if it doesn't jiggle, you won't tune in. At the Vegas Video Network, we think both are wrong. The Vegas Video Network is the first and only live online broadcast network that specializes in insider news and expert views about Vegas. We combine great storytelling with the ability to watch when and where you want on your computer, mobile device, or television. Discover the real Las Vegas. Visit VegasVideoNetwork.com.
And now our headliner. He's actually headlined all over the country. He's been on numerous television shows, Comedy Central, Late Late Show. Uh, he actually won the San Francisco Comedy Competition. He, and he's actually at the Tom, uh, Tropicana inside Brad Garrett's Comedy Club the final week. Brad Garrett's Comedy Club will be at the Tropicana. It's Paul Ogata, everyone. Yay! Oh, oh. Internet, remain calm. I know. Remain calm. <laughs> exactly. Wow, he just set the whole internet abuzz, you know. So uh, are you ready to show your swagger? Show your swagger! <laughs> it's a, that's a, I wish comedy parents were like that, you know? <laughs> yeah, yelling out after every one of your jokes. Yeah, so uh, Rectum must have killed him. Get funky! <laughs> so what's going on, man? Uh, yeah, I'm in town. This is uh, Rodeo Week. This is what you call a booking fuck-up. Right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> sure, December 7th, 200,000 rednecks in town. Let's bring a Japanese guy in. This is a... Uh, <laughs> Not fun so far. A lot of sentiments from uh, the... Uh... I forgot this. Yeah. I forgot December 7th. Oh, man. Kind of rough. Kind of rough. Now, uh, you're actually from Hawaii. Born and raised, yeah. And uh, how was the scene out there starting out in comedy? It's rough. There were no comedy clubs. There was one comedy club, then it shut down, and there were no comedy clubs. We had to do our, uh, find our own gigs. Uh, I performed on a table at a karaoke bar uh, in a private room for 15 people who sat on the floor once. Right. Yeah, it's rough, but uh, sooner or later you got to leave if, if that's what you want to do. And where did you head, out, head to after that? Moved to Los Angeles. Yeah, how's that? Oh, yeah, it's great if you love uh, phoniness and pollution and... Uh, Mm. And broken dreams. Oh, of course, exactly. Can't forget about that. Oh, yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like, and how long have you been out there for? Uh, about six years now. Mm -hmm. And it's, um, I, I don't know, I'm having fun. I'm hardly even at home now. I'm always, uh, I'm tra I travel the world a lot. I just got back from a two-month tour of Singapore, Hong Kong, Indonesia, Malaysia, Australia, and Sacramento. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that's what you call another booking fuck up. Bang, <laughs> right there. Singapore, though, I mean... How, how is it out there? I mean, like, I was asking you to do this off camera. When you, when you go do those shows, how many people even understand English out there? I mean, are they just kind of like, hey, he hunched his back. I think that's funny. And they just kind of <laughs> laugh politely. You know? no, uh, it's, it's very international, cosmopolitan towns and banking centers. Uh, it's, it's like New York. You know, it's a big financial uh, lynch point. I don't even know if that's a word, mm -hmm. but we're going to use it. Right. Uh, so you've got people from all over, uh, Britain, Canada, Australia, the United States, uh, and a lot of the local people speak English, and they get American-style standards. Right. Uh, what's different out there? It's just like kind of the lifestyle. Is the lifestyle pretty much the same, just fast-paced living? Or is it like, hey, wow, it's weird for me to see a chicken in a McDonald's, you know what I mean? Or, yeah, well, it's very lawless out there. Mm -hmm. there uh, uh, there's prostitutes everywhere, uh, and uh, it's, uh, it's glorious. Right. <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> <laughs> prostitutes as far as the eye can see. Yeah, and the prostitute mothers cheering them on. Show yeah. your swagger! <laughs> Get funky! <laughs> but yeah, I mean, in, in a country like that, though, I mean, like, lawless, is there even... I would just... I would like to have fun in a place like that, but if everything's so lawless, it kind of takes away the fun of doing all this bad behavior. I mean, if everyone's doing it, it's like, man, I'm not a rebel. I'm just a loser, you know? No, but you, it's a, there's a certain freedom to it. No one's that people smoke wherever they want. Uh, uh, the doctors are smoking while they're sewing their patients up. It's, just, <laughs> it's lawless. It's, uh, it's a good time. That sounds good. Oh, you've been to Singapore, Malaysia, did you say? What was Malaysia, that? Malaysia. How uh, different are all these countries over there in Asia, by the way? 
they're a little, you know, they tweak themselves a little bit. You know, uh, what, what we have here that they don't have there is uh, you, you can say whatever you want. Uh, I did a, a radio interview in Malaysia, and they actually slipped me uh, a list of things I'm prohibited by law from talking about, including uh, sex, uh, anything sexual, um, race, religion, politics, uh, anything in the news, uh, police cases, and unverified information. <sighs> That you—that's everything funny. Yeah, totally. I mean, it's got, yeah, I mean, what else are you going to talk about? If I you're don't not even like, know how they uh, have a, a radio station. I mean, they can't say anything. Mm -hmm. You can't even play any song you want, like Ario Speedwagon, you know, uh, "Take It on the Run." You can't play that because uh, that "Take It on the Run" seems like a police case, so you can't discuss that. Uh, and he starts off the song with "Heard it from a friend who heard it from a friend who right. heard it from another." You were messing around. That's sex and unverified information. Four generations deep. <laughs> that's way deeper. It goes way deeper than that. Well, that's, I just never even heard of something like that. This is the very first time I've even heard about that. So what was acceptable out there? I mean, I mean, you have a couple of jokes where you talk about yourself. But I mean, other than that, I mean, I've seen your act. It's very funny. But I mean, you do go after a lot of race. You know, you do you make fun of race. You make fun of sex, obviously. I mean, which comic, what comic doesn't? So I mean, what is there to talk about? Uh, what, the weather? We were like, <laughs> Boy, the weather. A jolly good weather you're having out here in Malaysia. <laughs> uh, let's go to commercial. <laughs> hey, he's like, that's hey, Paul Ogata, everyone. See you later. Catch him down here at the Late Late Show. But, uh, you know, and, like you were talking about stuff in the news. Like yesterday I saw you do a joke. And actually I, I read the same story about a woman who cut her man's penis off Ugh. and then shoved it in a garbage disposal. Yeah, <laughs> turned it on. Yeah. Horrible. And you're not even allowed to, I mean, you wouldn't even be allowed to bring that up. No, because that's a police case. It's uh, under investigation, and it's a sex and a violence. Oh, another one of the things they said you can't talk about is horror. Horror? Who discusses horror? Right. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, uh, I'd like to discuss Clive Barker and uh, Snooky. <laughs> Well, that's the sad thing because there's so many comics who say, oh, you know what, in a horror movie, black guy's going to die first. Can't even talk about that no. anymore. So like half of the people said is over with. But let's talk about penis and garbage disposals for yes. a second. So <laughs> now it let's gets Let's lean serious. in. Let's, let's get some. Uh, I mean, don't these people realize? Let me Tebow while we yeah. talk about mm. them. Mm. <laughs> Tim Tebow. That's another thing. You're not even allowed to talk about religion over there, I'm assuming, right? No. Cannot talk about religion. It's a very religious country. Uh, uh, predominantly Muslim. A lot of uh, people are, are in full Muslim uh, drag. Uh, is that probably? Yeah. <laughs> a lot of the women, uh, apparently Beavis and Butthead fans, dress like Cornholio. Really? Is that, can we say that? I'm sure. Wait, not, not on the internet. Not on the internet. We'll this fix is this in family post. owned. My, my mom is watching. Let's calm down here. Oh. <laughs> Show your swagger. Show your swagger, Gooch. When then you went to Australia, obviously, that's a lot of fun there, too, right? It's great, yeah. Uh, Australia, it's, it's uh, everything you think it would be. Mm -hmm. It's just racist and, uh, <laughs> no, good people, good, fun shows. Uh, did a club there called the Comedy Store, which is weird because there's comedy stores everywhere. Mm -hmm. There's the Comedy Store in Hollywood, with no relation to the Comedy Store in Australia, which is no relation to the Comedy Store in London, which is no relation to the Comedy Store in India. <laughs> it's just a great name. Yeah. We got a chat question. Yeah, Nate wants to know. He just said he just logged in. Do you spend more time outside of the U.S. than your typical comedian? Uh, well, I, maybe. I don't know who your typical comedian would be. 
but yeah, I do, I, I'm in Hong Kong twice a year. This year I was in Singapore four times. And, uh, and how long are your runs usually? About a week each. Right. Yeah. So uh, how long would, so you did the Late Late Show with Craig Ferguson, who's not an American? So. Scottish guy, yeah, and I was also <laughs> in Scotland this year. I was in Scotland this year, yeah. Germany, Italy, uh, and people think it's glamorous, but it's, uh, there's downsides uh, to all this fortune and glory. Right, like what? What are we talking about? Um, the, the travel, you know, if you're wedged into an airplane seat, for, the flights are 15, 15 and a half hours. Mm. And if you're not in first class, it's, uh, I don't need much legroom, and still I'm in uh, agony in a seat. Right, right. Oh, man, like, uh, I, I just, it's so crazy that you've been to all these places because I just have a, such a hard time believing that, you know, it's, comedy can't be the same everywhere because, look, like, for example, I watch, like, Telemundo, and I don't understand the language, but I'm watching what's going on, and you'll just see some guy with a Groucho Marx mustache, and then he just thinks it's funny to flash everyone, and then you hear this laugh track going on. I'm like, what are these guys watching? It's like the comedy isn't necessarily breaking there's there's such a boundary there it's like i guess there's such a culture shock and i just have a hard time believing that it's the same way like especially over there in europe and singapore i mean you're going to all these different places and i mean uh it's you know different cultures have their uh, own spin on what comedy is and uh it, the places i go to people are coming to see american style comedy. Mm-hmm. so i don't have to resort to uh uh, burning my nipple with a magnifying glass in the sun, <laughs> or whatever they find funny in these other Did countries. You, have you ever done some of the comedy joints in those countries, and then just like, and then follow it up? And I mean, every, obviously everybody understands English, but I mean, they are doing things like that. I mean, would you ever have to follow that? And then, uh, no, no, because the shows I'm at, people go to expecting oh, okay. uh, the American style. Stand-up. Well, what is the other style? I mean, like, can you basically? sum it up? Well, it, in China, they've got this thing called crosstalk, where there's two guys. And it's sort of like uh, Abbott and Costello. There's a straight mm-hmm. guy and a, another guy. Uh, but they just banter between each other, uh, sort of like an old vaudeville kind of mm-hmm. way. Uh, so they got that over there. Um, in, uh, I don't, in Germany, I don't know what it is, but they've got a German language comedy clubs. I went and I watched, and I didn't understand anything. There's a lot of shouting and uh, pillars of light. And uh, <laughs> everything's in black and white. People yeah. are wearing black turtlenecks all the way up. Ah, Scheisen! You know, uh, but I did do a show. I do a lot of shows overseas for uh, the U.S. military, and I was in Germany. And we did a show in Hitler's old Nazi officers' club ballroom. Hey. It was, uh, and it had those long, tall windows where you know those long red curtains were right? with the swastikas. And it was, but it's, it was huge. You don't think of them as fun-loving people. I know it's a Nazi party and everything, but you don't, you don't see them dancing, twirling their women around. But it's, uh, it was huge. And uh, here's a fun fact for you. Uh, Hitler only had one testicle, mm. which meant that he had too much ballroom as well. Ah! Ah! Where's the whip? <laughs> Come on. Come on, man. God, you're making our guests feel unwelcome. Let's do it all over again. Whip it. Okay. Right. <laughs> we got another question up the chat question. What's up? Uh, Troy wants to know, how much of your material is based upon current events? Well, it, uh, interesting question. It depends on really what's in the news. Uh, I'm not going to go out of my way. and I'm not a, a, a Bill Maher or Dennis Miller guy where my whole act is structured around what's in the news. It's uh, if something, like if, if a woman cuts off her husband's penis and throws it in the garbage mm-hmm. disposal, I, I'm going to talk about that. Right. 
Uh, That's a definitely an attention grabber. But I'm not going to go through the police blotter every day and say, hey, here's something funny that happened right. uh, in the news. No. And besides, why would a woman want to put a severed penis in a garbage disposal? Doesn't she know there's only two things you never put in a garbage disposal? Your husband's penis and grease. You're going to mess up the plumbing that way. That's all I'm trying to say. Just trying to bring things to life. Your mama raised you right. She did. She did, exactly. I mean, like, when I'm cooking, I make sure I put it in a cup. That's what she should have done. What would you do? I mean, what did that guy do? I, that's what I want to know. Because I read the same story. I'm like, what did he do that caused her to be that upset? I could, maybe, maybe if he like beat her up every single day. And then she's like, all right, I've had enough of this. And then she cuts off his penis and then watches you know, the Tina Turner story and feel like she just made something of herself. But the garbage disposal, <laughs> I mean, for real, you know, I mean, don't you think that's a step too far? And then when the cops showed up, the lady's like, he deserved it. <laughs> <laughs> Keep it easy, lady. You know? Yeah, I mean that's that shows an extra vindictive nature of her. I mean, just and she turned it on, and I'm I'm surprised she didn't fish out the remains and then put it in a slap chop and, uh, <laughs> and, and got rid of it that way. <laughs> then she gets out her aggression. I know. The, Thank you, Ron Popeil. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> we got another chat question. Yeah. Do you do much crowd work in your act? And uh, if so, how much? If not, why not? Uh, I love crowd work. Uh, I love, sometimes I'll do shows where the entire hour is, you know, gloriously uh, interactive between me and the audience. Um, it's not always like that. You have to roll with the, the punches. Sometimes life gives you gifts in the audience and you have to deal with it. Mm -hmm. uh, but I caution the younger comedians out there from doing crowd work without preparation. It's, uh, it's a dangerous high wire. Uh, and wow, sometimes. How do you prepare for that? Uh, don't ask questions you don't already know the answer to. Mm. Uh, and sometimes, shut up. How about that? Right. Sometimes don't talk about something. Right. Uh, I did a show once. It's probably the worst thing that ever happened to me. Was it last night? In comedy. No, that was the second worst thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, you did a bar show last night after the Tropicana. Holy Lord. Yeah. I wanted to cut off my career and put it in the garbage disposal. <laughs> and then slap shop. So the worst thing that ever happened to me in comedy, I get up on stage, and I'm pretty new at comedy at this point. Uh, I walk up, and there's an old lady in the front row looking at me. Just, And I thought, wow, there's a lot of hate in this lady's life. Uh, I better address this. I said, ma'am, is there so much hate you won't let me finish? You won't even let me start my act? Please, let me continue. So I do my act, and she's still looking at me like this. I'm like, oh, my God, lady, what's wrong with you? But did someone that looked like me wrong you in the past? Let it go. So I continue with my act, and she's still doing it. And I explode. I was like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Oh my and her husband stands up. He's like, she has Parkinson's. Oh. And, uh, yeah. That was, uh, so sometimes it's best so to just. So you can be a little shaky. Yeah. Oh, like, <laughs> See what I did there? See what I did there? No, it was bad. That was bad. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, there's an old story where uh, uh, Doug Stanhope was here in Vegas, and yeah. he was doing a bar show. And uh, there was one guy in the audience, and he was having a good time. And then he goes, Jesus, the only guy that's laughing at me is the guy with no lips. And it turns out he was a 20-year-old burn victim. And it's just like, ooh. Yeah. Ooh. So, I mean, it's, and we've all said things like that. Like, uh, there was one guy, uh, my friend Peter, he was doing a show, and there was a person who had Tourette's, but it wasn't like 
shit, fuck Tourette's. It was just like, Twitchy. yeah, yeah. But the thing is, though, is he kept raising his hand, you know, and then finally, like, the thing is, though, and he kept raising his hand, and Pete made, like, a quick joke towards him, and then he realized, oh, man, this guy's got something wrong. So he had to do his whole act. With this guy in the front row, mind you, sitting here doing this, you know, acting like he's riding a bull. So, I mean, what do you do after that, though? I mean, where do you go after you make, after you kind of make yourself go kind of insensitive? Yeah, well, after that, after the guy stood up and yelled at me, I, uh, I'm the biggest asshole in the room. I had to get out of there. I was just like, thank you, good night. You can't stick around after that. There's no saves. He's just like, uh, paulogata.com, gotta go. <laughs> you can find me there. Yeah. So, and you uh, also won the uh, uh, San Francisco Comedy Festival, which, honestly, that's a, that's a big deal. I mean, you hear that, you hear that's like one of those festivals that a lot of comics like to win because some really great one, great. Yeah, you win. know, Dana Carvey, Sinbad, uh, Doug Stanhope, uh, a lot of, lot of big, big names in comedy started out with the win in the San Francisco Comedy mm -hmm. Competition. And uh, it's, you know, I feel bad that I tarnished the, uh, the prestige <laughs> of this event. It's like, oh, wait, who's this Bogata <laughs> guy? He's yelling at Parkinson's people. We got uh, another question. Uh, you've done TV, it says here. Um, when you do these kinds of appearances, does it help your, your act? Do you get more people showing up? Do you really see a change in business after being on TV? Uh, yes. TV is uh, certainly helpful uh, in reaching out to audience, uh, potential audience members, but also uh, for the industry as well. Um, after, uh, after the San Francisco win, I, I did Live at Gotham, and after that, a uh, movie producer approached me to uh, do a movie. And so I co-starred in a movie with Ron Jeremy. Hey, was it, actually, was it a porno movie, or was it just kind of, or was it you just like, here you go, sir, and then Ron Jeremy just walks away? No, it's a... Uh, or was it a buddy comedy? I Ron play Jeremy. Ron's uh, penis, and no, uh, I wasn't even tall enough. He... <laughs> <laughs> I had to wear an Abraham Lincoln hat. He, no, <laughs> it's called Porn Dogs, and you can uh, look it up on the internet, uh, porndogsthemovie.com. Mm -hmm. uh, it's basically uh, uh, like it's a cross between Look Who's Talking Now and Marley and Me and Behind the Green Door. <laughs> uh, talking dog. They filmed dogs as they were actually, you know, getting it on, right. and we just did the voices. Oh, okay. See, that, you know what? That's pure entertainment yeah. for me. And then I'm the Sharpay because of typecasting. I Racism. Racism in Hollywood it never gets old. <laughs> I remember one time just this is actually kind of nasty. Maybe the crowd's gonna judge me. One time I was watching a Ron Jeremy movie and it was the weirdest thing because and I mean one of the dirty movies, and it's one of the weirdest things. He's in the movie, and then the guy with the camera goes, Hey Ron, looks like that dick's ready to come. Like, what how well do you know? <laughs> so did you know Ron Jeremy as a coworker as well as that guy did? Uh, no, just the, you know, a shade less than that. We just uh, <laughs> dial it down. I a knew little. how he liked his coffee, but uh, other than that. I was never quite sure when Ron's penis was ready to come. I didn't know what it looked like. <laughs> Oh, there it is. Hey, porn dogs. Oh, there you IMDB. Go. Oh, God bless you. Yeah, so my grandma's proud. <laughs> now, doing movies, now, did, you ever, did you ever take any acting classes before? Or? No, uh, but I really should. Uh, I, I'm a horrible actor. It's uh, mm -hmm. one of those things. Um, but I, I've been lucky to, to get roles, you know, the, in porn dogs, for one. Uh, did a movie with Damon Wayans, uh, which is a pretty interesting movie, and unfortunately, it never got released. Uh, 
in a in a wide fashion. I don't think he ever got distribution on it. Was but it Blank Man Two? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. It was called Behind the Smile. It's a drama about the world of stand-up comedy. Uh -huh. And uh, it's it, Marlon puts in a really really good performance in that. But it's Damon's passion project ultimately. Right. And uh, what was it? Was it kind of like Funny People or something? Or sort of, yeah. Uh, uh, but but with a darker twist to it. Mm -hmm. It's a, it's pretty interesting, and it's a collection of all the stories that uh, he's come across in his career, whether it happened to him or other people that he knew. Uh, it's, I w you know, if there's somebody with the power in the industry to make it happen, it definitely needs to come out in some, fa in some form. Because I really do think there's, I mean, there's only a couple of movies. There's Punchline with Tom Hanks, and then there was, uh, um, there's Funny People. So I mean, a lot of people don't really realize that what goes on behind the scenes in this game. You know, you got, like we brought up earlier, you got your happy people, you have your sad people, you have your people that, uh, your, your rip-off artists. I mean, there's so much that goes into this game that people just don't even realize. It's very easy for someone to jump on an iTunes or a YouTube and hear a song or something that somebody played, but a joke, it's totally different. I mean, there's yeah. so much plagiarism going on out there. It's sad. Mm -hmm. uh, but, uh, you know, I think it's up to, the, to comics, really, and, and the audience, to police the comedians. But how many people really go to these comedy shows, though? I mean, that's unfortunate. Well, there, there are super fans out there. Oh, yeah. I've actually had a few. Yeah. They really weird me out. <laughs> they, they, yeah, I've, I've had my fair share of... Really? Yeah. Now, uh, what, what happened? Well, what happened was that she started up the garden bridge disposal. And, no, but uh, she... Uh, <laughs> I, I've, I've just, I've had people hit me up with like, you know, religious manuscripts saying that I'm, one person said I was the voice of God, and I mean, and they show nice. up at my work and, you know, hey, I just wanted to give you this, and then the weirdest thing in the world was he goes, it's some homeless guy, he's like, look, look I want to give you this, and he gives me these pieces of paper, it's four pieces of paper written in pencil, all the way down, front and back, and then he goes, all right, and then he leans over behind a little trash can like this, and I'm thinking, oh, my God, I'm going to go out like John Lennon. He's going to blast me. And then he goes, want a beer? And he pulls out a, <laughs> a tall boy in a, in a paper bag and hands it to me. And I'm like, thank you. you know, but it's, it's freaky out there. I mean, because whenever you grab a microphone and you speak out to the people, sometimes people get the wrong idea. Yeah. Right. So uh, we're getting ready to wrap things up. So, uh, but we like to play a little game called Three Under 30. This is All right. When, uh, we ask you three questions that you have to answer. Oh, that's totally seconds. not what I thought where you were going with this. Well, <laughs> uh. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> there you go. Okay, questions. Go ahead. All right, questions. We got the timer ready? Yes, sir. All right, here we go. Three under 30. And let's begin. What is the theory of relativity? Uh, that's Einstein's uh, postulation that uh, most people in Vegas this week are probably related to their own cousin. Mm, that's close. That's very close. All right, number two. Uh, from what state have the most U.S. presidents come from? Uh, Kenya. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, I don't know. Oh, man. what? And, uh, all right, we'll give you this last one. What is the last line in the Family Ties theme song? Shana na na. Yes! Oh, thank you. Paul Ogata. He's going to be down at the Tropicana. Brad Garrett's Comedy Club the very last week. Brad Garrett's is going to be at the Tropicana. They're going to open their doors back up at the MGM March 30th. And don't forget PaulOgata.com. He's also on Twitter and Facebook. And check out Porn Dogs. IMDb. Paul, thank you very much for stopping by, bro. Thanks for having me out, dude.
We'll see you guys in a little bit. I'm Brandon Gooch on Awkward Silence 2.1. Don't forget to catch the replays on Roku, iTunes, uh, YouTube, and VegasVideoNetwork.com. I'm out. We'll see you guys later. Bye-bye.